reading is from Matthew 14:34 to 15:20. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret, and when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they are not to honour their father or mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them, they are blind guides, and if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull, Jesus asked them. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Um, it's great to, to see you. Um, as uh, Claire said, I'm uh, Greg. I uh, work for a church over in Kensington. I'm actually a student worker there, so I'm normally uh, donned in a, a hoodie and jeans uh, rather than a, a suit uh, and tie. Uh, but it's great to see you here. Um, it's great to be back in what is slightly old stomping ground for me as well. I used to work for the Department for uh, Rude, uh, Food and Rural Affairs uh, over uh, in Page Street. So it's, back to, it's great to be back here uh, in Westminster. Claire's already prayed for our time together, so let's um, dive in. The Greatest Showman uh, hit cinemas earlier this year, starring Hugh Jackman uh, and Zac Efron. It is an amazing uh, musical film portraying the story of P.T. Barnum's creation of his well-known circus. Uh, and not just a great production, uh, but a great soundtrack as well. Part of the soundtrack was a cover of a song called this is me. 
I can guarantee that you've heard it, uh, even if you don't know the song specifically. Uh, and here are its main lyrics. I am who I'm meant to be. This is me. Look out, because here I come, and I'm marching on to the beats I drum. I'm not scared to be seen. I make no apologies. This is me. It's no wonder that the song charted within the top five uh, and won the Golden Globe Award for the best original song. Here I am. I am who I am. I make no apology. This is me. Don't try to change me. Don't try to silence me because I am who I am and I make no apology. This is me. It's what our culture around us thinks. It's perhaps how we ourselves are tempted to think. Uh, and Jesus this afternoon tells us that such thinking couldn't be a more dangerous way to think about oneself. On the face of it, at the start of chapter 15, as the Pharisees come to Jesus with their question, it could look oh so innocent as they ask Jesus this rather simple question in verse 2. Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They do not wash their hands before they eat. A simple enough question. Not because the Pharisees were keen to adhere to food hygiene legislation, but because if they touched something that was seen to be spiritually unclean, then their hands would become spiritually unclean. And so they themselves would become spiritually unclean when those unclean hands touched the food that they ate. So the Pharisees were very, clear, very keen on washing to stop spiritual uncleanliness on the outside from entering the inside. So the question in verse 2 may well sound like a, a simple and innocent question. But back in chapter 12... Jesus mercifully, miraculously, heals a man with a, a withered hand. And the Pharisees' response wasn't to give thanks for the mercy shown to the man or to be wowed by the miracle they'd just seen taking place in front of their very eyes. Rather, they were appalled. Because this good, gracious act took place on the Sabbath. And such was the hard-heartedness of the Pharisees that, that rather than rejoice at this man being healed, rather than marvel at what they just witnessed, the scene ends with the Pharisees conspiring to destroy Jesus. And so as we hear them ask their questions in this afternoon's passage, so we know that ultimately they are simply conspiring to destroy him. And that, I think, starts to make sense of the way Jesus responds so fiercely. Did you notice it as it was read? As the Pharisees ask, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders and not wash their hands before eating? And Jesus responds with one smackdown question in response in verse 3. Oh, you're asking me why my followers break some man-made rules? Well, let me ask you, why do you break the command of God? Ouch. I'm sure most ministers could only dream of such a smackdown rebuttal. 
As with the precision of a scalpel in the hand of a surgeon, Jesus uncovers the the hypocrisy uh, of the Pharisees. Verse 4. For God said, Honour your father and mother, but you say, if anyone declares that what might have been uh, used to help your father and mother is devoted to God, they are not to honour their father or mother with it. Uh, A bit complicated, but this was a ploy by the temple leaders, as they would say, rather than give your money to your parents, you you can give us all your money instead, and you're still pleasing God, even if you have nothing to then give to look after your parents. And so Jesus continues, verse 6, Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, quite literally, you mask-wearing actors. They were the socially elite of the day, the morally upstanding of the day, and dangerously, so dangerously, they thought that their outward morality meant that they were well in with God. They thought they were okay. As they set up a list of man-made rules to follow, and as long as they were sticking to their list, well, they were fine. And yet with their pride and superiority, Jesus calls them mask-wearing actors, hypocrites. It couldn't be further from a compliment, could it? As Jesus says, verse 8, you are simply paying lip service to God. While the more important thing, the most important thing, your heart is far from him. So easy, isn't it? To create our own list of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Our own list of things that make us good people and so therefore surely in the right with God. And it's no surprise that our own lists are always things that we know that we can achieve. That was certainly true of me before I became a Christian at university. I'm marching on to the beat I drum, I make no apologies. This is me. And if Jesus calling out this behaviour as mask-wearing acting isn't harsh enough, then Jesus then confronts us with a much more personal challenge this afternoon as he says in verse 17 don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body well you don't need to work across the river at St Thomas's to get what Jesus is saying as the Pharisees are so concerned with external ritual and washing of their hands Jesus shows them the futility of it all Because whatever goes into the mouth simply comes out elsewhere a little later on. Let the hearer understand. He goes on, verse 18. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. Our 
society. We ourselves might love the lyrics. I am who I'm meant to be. This is me. I'm marching on to the beat I drum. I make no apologies. This is me. And yet Jesus's verdict couldn't be more opposite. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. And these are what defile a person. I wonder which in a moment of real honesty with yourself rings more true for you this afternoon. I am who I'm meant to be. This is me. I make no apologies. This is me. Or Jesus' diagnosis of the true state of our heart. If everything we've ever said in private, behind closed doors, behind people's backs, was played on a big screen for all to see, not just what we've said in private, but everything we've ever done up on the big screen for all to see, even the things that, as you recall them now, bring back that feeling of guilt and shame. Your entire thought life put up for all to see. Do you think you could honestly stand up and say, I am who I'm meant to be. This is me, I make no apology. I know I certainly couldn't. And even if we were bold enough to say, yes, I could say that, I'm not convinced we'd be happy for everyone to say it. If Harvey Weinstein or, or Robert Bowers of the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting, if one of them stood in the dock before their accusers and looked at the judge, shrugged their shoulders and said, well, I am who I'm meant to be, this is me, I make no apology. Well, there would be countrywide riots at such an outrageous statement. Yet alone if the judge then said, actually, you're right, this is you, you shouldn't need to make an apology and say you're free to go. We, our society, may well like the award-winning this is me, I make no apology stance, and yet in reality we simply are not happy for everyone to be included in it. Jesus puts us all into the same camp. As he says, out of the heart, out of every person's heart, come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. And no amount of external rules, no amount of external ritual will ever change this internal reality. And as we sit in this building this afternoon, it, it even means that no amount of legislation will ever change this internal reality about a person's heart. As vital as legislation is for the order and well-being of our society, because the problem out there only ever stems from a problem in here. And the surprising thing in this section of Matthew's gospel is that those who might expect to be the insiders, part of God's kingdom, the Pharisees and their high morality and church attendance, the, the well-to-do of society, 
well, they actually end up on the outside, excluded from God's kingdom because of their misplaced confidence, such that they had succumbed to the dangerous thinking that they were good enough on their own. Maybe you're here for the first time uh, this afternoon, like myself. Uh, maybe it's the first time you've probably he- properly heard uh, Jesus' teaching. It's pretty bold, isn't it? Uh, if, if not offensive, far from what we might expect from the mouth of one so, so often portrayed as the meek and mild lamb hugger of the children's storybooks. But can I ask you this afternoon, do you... Did Jesus' words, perhaps even just in part, ring perceptibly true of you and your heart this afternoon? If they do, then perhaps the question most likely to come to mind is, what then can I do? What hope then is there for humanity if what we need more than anything is a new heart and yet are unable to do anything about it ourselves? Well, that is what makes the gospel such good news. Listen to these words that God himself says earlier in the Bible. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees. It's not that we must try harder. It's not that we must do this and don't do that. It simply comes down to God's initiative and his lavish grace towards us. After all that Jesus has shown us this lunchtime, don't those words come as a great relief? And how will God then do this awesome worker of cleansing our hearts while jesus as he's about to head to the cross says to the disciples passing them a cup of wine saying drink this all of you this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins as jesus speaks of the blood he is about to shed his death in our place that cleanses our hearts, that, that washes us clean, forgives us, saves us. As our closing song reminds us, before the throne of God above, I have a strong, a perfect plea, not in myself, but because the sinless Saviour died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me.